0: movie episodes start next week. Hi, it's me, Mike, the Potterless guy. I know I usually do cute little things here, but I wanted to make sure I got that out there. I also know that I said that there were going to be more lookbacks before I did the movies, but... I'm itching to do them, man. I'm impatient. I want to get to it right now. So I'll continue to use these lookbacks as a nice transitional thing in between phases. But for now, this will be the last look back for a little bit. And next week, September 23rd, we start with the movie episodes. Before we continue my first ever journey through the Harry Potter series, just a few quick announcements other than this. For any of you Redditors out there, I'll be doing an AMA on the Harry Potter subreddit this Wednesday at noon Eastern. Questions open at 11 a.m. and then at noon I'll start answering the questions. I'm a little nervous because sometimes Reddit can be really harsh about me or the podcast or both. So go on down, ask me some questions. It'll be a really fun time this Wednesday at reddit.com r slash Harry Potter at noon in less than one month, Thursday, October 10th, Multitude will be performing live in Boston, Massachusetts. It is going to be an incredible show. We've started to put together what we are going to do for the live show, and I am so incredibly excited. All your favorite Multitudes will be there. We'll have merchandise. We'll be signing stuff. We'll get to meet you afterwards. So please come through if you want to get tickets. You can go to multitude.production/live. I'm so excited. It's going to be a great time. Please come through. And if you also want to do more fun stuff with me in Boston, I am going to be at LeakyCon. The schedule is not set yet, but they've told me that Potterless Live will be Friday if you have to pick one day. But if you want to go there and do some Harry Potter fun times, let's do it. And we can do a Potterless meetup. Again, I'll be announcing all of this on social media. So just make sure you're following Potterless somewhere if you want to be kept up to date with all the information. And speaking of keeping things up to date, we gotta update our patron roster because we have new patrons to welcome to the team. So shout out to Turquin, Susan Wood, Justin Brasser, Philip Renouf, Sean Reynolds, Kelly Hanrahan, Amelia J. Neal Pandya, Anika Von Skoyach, Helen Gill, Kelsey Gillespie, Elvira Wallstrom, Lily Marie, Mackenzie Rakowitz, Maya, Sumnerd, Melody, Rachel Willard, and Brittany Nikolai. A name correction for Serena Ortiz. Shout out to Imogen Deller who upgraded their pledge and shout out to our newest producer level patrons, Phelon, Julie Walton, The Meadows Family, and so. Someone that made their name Jennifer from the block. They join the ranks of Vicky, Aaron, Jesse, Natalie Clow, Frank Marchismo, Samantha, Juan, Abid, Rosemary, Maria Lisa, Rumina, Kamel, Russell, Audra, Eleanor, Rossan, Nikita, Taylor, Ali, Amelia, Sean, Sarah Ben, Rachel, Zachary, Orchid, Vivian, Takari, Haley, moster Angelina, Alex, Brian, Caitlin, Grace, Rule, Ingon, Mari, Alex, John, Noel, Tao, Emily, Robin, Will, Liz, Mariah, Brandon, Sarah, Claire, Rory, Gloria, Sarah, Patrick, Ali, Cap, Veronica, Lada, Noah, Tracy, Colleen, Jennifer Friday, Ivor, Naomi, Tyler, Summer, Heather, Vera, Kerry, Andrea, Ella, Anthony, David, Elisa, Lynn, Cameron, Justin, Christine, Jacob, Toothless, Maya, Mark, Remy, Sarah, Nona, Zena, Harlan, Noelia, Addie, Brian, Jenny, Nikki, Cara, Dorcas, Courtney, Kine, Amanda, Sabrina, Alicia, Kafir, Lindy, Martha, Benjamin, Sky, Mart, Sarah, Marta, Stephanie, Justine, Aaron, CJ, Eileen, Violet, Kat, Lindsay, Fielding, Keegan, Miranda, Gail, Mr. Folk, Heather, Adam, Christina, Maya, Zachary, Kieran, Heaven, Christy, Lily, Wire Warrior, Floor, Siri, Georgia, Itzel, Al, Topher, Peter, Candy, Skyla, Edel, Professor, Threat, Kelsey, Ellie, Lubin, Mileo, Lena, Daniel, Lee, 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 Elizabeth, Abby, Lika, Michael, Earmuffs, Cara, Tiffany, Kelly, Nadia, Andrea, Kerry, Jamie, Camillo, Connie, Janet, Mary, Emma, Anastasia, Jaden, Nedry, Matt, Riley, Will, Zephyr, Artemis, Brett, Samantha, Kayla, Lauren, Aurora, Emma, Hermione, Leor, Megan, Out of Context, Liam, Milena, Marcos, Ella, Hannah, Courtney, Victoria, Marique, Ashton, Brittany, steamed nuggets, can't I, Potter? And yes, I can, who never sit on a toilet without making sure that the seat was down in the first place. If you want to be like one of these amazing patrons and get access to bonus episodes, stickers, shirts, exclusive live streams, my notes, you can head on over to patreon.com slash Potterless. But without further ado, let's get into episode 93 of Potterless, the fourth look back storing many people
1: Okay So I just, like, speed listened to the past two episodes while I was getting my car fixed in a various manner of ways. So I'm all caught up. Oh, good. And all the guys at Jiffy Lube and Jimmy's Tire Center also know about this podcast now, so... (laughs) (laughs)
0: I love it. Perfect. Um, Okay, so now we move on to episodes 22 and 23 of Potterless, which covered the final chapters of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, chapters 31 through 37, and we got a lovely return guest, Sydney Adams from Vine. Sydney, how's it going?
1: Yay! It's great. (laughs) When you said that just now, I was like, ooh, Harry Potter and the Giblets of Fire. So now we're off to an amazing start
0: and even before the start you you said you speed listened to this in a jiffy loop in preparation which makes me really excited
1: yes i did um per your recommendation i listened to these episodes on one and a half times speed our voices are that much more irritable when they're that much faster (laughs) our jokes the timing is very funny but i did it and now all the employees at Jiffy Lube know about your podcast. So That's
0: really good. I'm really trying to crack into the auto mechanic demographic. It's been really hard for me to get into that, that market. So Baby, I appreciate I just did it.
1: that for you today. You're welcome.
0: <laughs> Thank you so much. So giver. these episodes, I am pretty sure this is the infamous, it was definitely Ludo Bagman. This, <laughs> re- this is like full-fledged.
1: Yep. I, I started listening to him and I was like, oh my gosh, this is the birth of that whole inside joke almost of Potterless. I felt I have never felt more honored and I didn't realize I would be such a part of history at that time.
0: Yeah, aside from easily the most infamous thing that I've done on the show. What else was uh, in these episodes?
1: Okay. Okay. I have some things written down like I do.
0: Good, wonderful.
1: One, Rita Skeeter, bullying children. Just straight up. Yeah. she's She's a grown woman, <laughs> bullying children. And honestly they're the winners in this situation and Mariah Carey's why are you so obsessed with me is just playing Mm. because it's also probably the right time period for that so it would have been very relevant
0: yeah well Rita is she's interesting because you know especially in today's world Mm -hmm. just the journalist that is inauthentic and writes lies and stuff like that definitely you can see the parallels today right but the further element is that she's not just doing this to people later on she has the whole thing with Dumbledore but specifically in this book she's lying about children to the masses. Right. And that's ridiculous. Damaging.
1: Damaging beyond all reason. <laughs>
0: It's not grown people. She's talking about whatever, however old, 13, 14-year-olds. Year I know. Which is we do fixate on their nuts. age for
1: most of that episode, but within reason
0: because... Uh, before we continue that thought, Sydney, let me, editing Mike, say something really quick. This is the infamous episode that I've talked about where Sydney and I said that Harry was 13 instead of 14 and a lot of people got very upset. I just wanted to make sure that this was put out in the open, that I didn't forget this. We just didn't talk about it.
1: Because they're children. <laughs> yeah. Another point... I have written down. We made a joke about snitches get stitches, and uh-huh. you said, "Oh, that's going to be my next podcast where you talk about <laughs> Quidditch like it's an actual sport." So I have written down ESPN Quidditch podcast question mark. Ooh, ooh,
0: ooh, ooh, ESPN does every year like to tweet out the this date in history, the date of the World Cup where Crum. Oh, catches I saw the you snitch. get
1: very mad about that on Twitter the other day. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: just I wasn't genuinely mad but it mm-hmm, is just sure. august 25th is my least favorite day of the year now
1: well that's also my brother's birthday so you're an oh, ass
0: i am very sorry nick
1: adams is personally offended
0: <laughs> i just get so many messages everyone's like lol have you seen this yes like, I, I have i
1: live on the internet what do you what do you think like <laughs> <laughs> oh my, my goodness. goodness
0: but i, I have made As a bonus episode, I did do a bonus episode of what Snitches Get Stitches would look like. Me and my buddy Johnny, who's been on the show. Oh, uh, Just going super in-depth about things that don't make sense in Quidditch. So we did one about, do you have to be in shape to be good at Quidditch and what (laughs) muscles make for the best Quidditch athlete? Well,
1: and I said in the episode, I was like, you just have to be good at video games because it's hand-eye coordination.
0: Yeah. We arrived at that you just need inner thigh strength so (laughs) that you don't fall off your broom. (laughs) And then just one really strong throwing. Just arm.
1: really beefy quads that just like clutch a broom.
0: Just you do those abductor adductor machines Ooh. at the gym where you just look quite silly when you're doing them. That's just your go to machine if you're a Quidditch star. Or
1: those videos of those women who crush watermelons between their thighs. Don't ask me why I've seen them.
0: Uh, I'm gonna have to put this recording session on pause. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see you in 30 hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Take your time. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's like so perfect. Any any of those people, it's all about the inner thighs and a throwing arm, you're right. And then mm-hmm. probably 2020 vision.
0: Right, right.
1: So like a soccer player, softball player hybrid.
0: Yeah, I think it could work.
1: Yeah, so you do have to be athletic is the
0: just yeah, yeah. <laughs> is the conclusion Just specifically athletic. Very
1: specific. And then you gave me, you gave me some chapters that are so chock full of stuff. Um, <laughs> I feel like there wasn't that much funny in, in our episodes because we just were trying to get through all of the, like, mountains of information that come in these last few chapters of the fourth book. It's like when stuff starts getting real good. It's like when you're in the middle of a sandwich and you get, like, a bite full of every ingredient, not oh, just bread. Yes. You're getting, like, all yep. the meats and the cheeses and the whatever you enjoy on your sandwich. Mm-hmm. I got to the whole labyrinth part of it where... Oh, with the sphinx, with the which sphinx, is still ridiculous. Still hysterical. And the first thing that you come upon in the maze is the boggart. And I was like, ooh, what would my boggart be? And it's probably just girls that were really mean to me in high school, mm-hmm. but I, I want to know what your boggart would be.
0: Yeah, I've given this some thought. Someone asked me it recently. I think that my bugger would be me hosting some sort of event that I'm really proud of, and then no one's showing up. It's at my wedding and no one is there, or I do a Padreles live show and there's like six people in the audience.
1: Okay, riddle me this. How would a singular monster embody that for you? <laughs> I feel like... Like, I, would it just be you? Would it just be you giving a speech and choking? Or would it like fully transform the landscape that you're in? Just riddle me that.
0: I guess it would probably be the Bogart basically being, it would look like me giving some sort of at the event and then just no one there. So it would be like the locket in book seven, where it shows Ron the creepy version of creepy Harry and creepy Hermione making out and stuff. I think it would have to be something like that, where it was a third person removed thing of me watching something that I hated happen.
1: Got it. I forgot that happened. So maybe my jumping upon your ridiculous idea was not so ridiculous. No, no, no,
0: because you're right. Most bogarts it just is the thing you are afraid of, whether it's Snape or the moon (laughs) or Newt Scamander being afraid of having an office job. So I don't think there's a lot of, like, seeing yourself doing something. So I think you are quite well within your reason to jump on me.
1: (laughs) Oh, just kidding. I'm changing my answer. My boggart would be in a job interview where they tell me I'm overqualified and still don't get the job. So, I know, that would be
0: awful.
1: You're like, no, this is my dream job. There's a 401k.
0: (laughs) That's like the work equivalent of we're just at different points in our life right now and I'm not ready for a relationship, like that kind of thing. Right? You're
1: like, oh, but what does that mean?
0: Just tell me what's wrong. (laughs) Yeah. I'm clearly not overqualified. Otherwise you would have hired me.
1: It's not you, it's me. (laughs) And then Labyrinth, of course, because it's a maze, I'm just like one of these monsters should have been David Bowie's crotch in the movie Labyrinth. Uh,
0: What a missed opportunity. Missed
1: opportunity. Oh, we get to the Sphinx and we made a joke about something called Russian Roulette Jeopardy, which I am just holding on to with a death grip because I think that is so funny. Just like Wait, I've,
0: I've already forgotten this joke. Oh, what oh, okay, was Russian okay, Roulette okay. Jeopardy? So, <laughs> I'm on board already without even remembering You're what like, it is.
1: Sign, seal delivered. I'm yours. And so it's it's the part where they get to the Sphinx. And we were saying it's like a very weird game of Jeopardy because she's asking you questions. So we mm-hmm. were saying, what if the Sphinx had an Alex Trebek head? And it was just very high-sights Jeopardy. And I can't remember who said it, but someone said Russian roulette Jeopardy. And I was like, God, that is a TV show I would watch in a heartbeat.
0: <laughs> Ooh, sorry. Ooh. You have to answer in the form of a question. And then- You're going to need to take this gun. <laughs> My gun?
1: <God. laughs> no.
0: <laughs> Another thing I knew happened in these episodes was it was the first time where I did a Weasley ranking, which I've yes. done a couple times through the podcast now. We,
1: we did rank our Weasleys. Yeah,
0: so I think it's only fair to redo it now that I know everything. Okay. Uh, I feel very conflicted because Molly calling Bellatrix a bitch and then murdering her Pretty is rad. really good. Right?
1: Isn't that like the, really the best good. character arc that could have ever happened?
0: It's quite phenomenal.
1: Quite phenomenal. I
0: think if I'm going to do it, Uh, I still really like Ginny a lot. I still want to put Ginny number one.
1: Really? Okay, because you had her like near the bottom in this episode. Yes, because
0: she does not get good until book five. True. And then book six, she becomes incredible. Right. So for me, I think Ginny is is number one. Okay. and, And... Charlie is an interesting case because his potential is so high. And then it just but falls But we short. don't actually... <laughs> we just actually don't know. Yeah. So the thought of Charlie is really high, but I can't in good conscience put him above the people that we actually know things about.
1: Yeah, because he's like your friend in high school who had an older brother in college who you only ever heard about. So you're like, Charlie uh-huh. must be the coolest motherfucker. <laughs> but you, like, never actually meet him, so you can right. never confirm for yourself.
0: 100%. So for second, I... I probably am going to put Molly second just because of all of the amazing stuff she does in terms of being a mother figure, but then also being a complete badass in book seven. Yeah, So I'd probably put her second. I would probably put Fred third. Mm -hmm. And then... Maybe Charlie Fourth, George Fifth.
1: Just because he died, or well,
0: Fred's the one that died. <laughs> oh
1: shit!
0: <laughs> <laughs> How I was, dare I was you? like on the edge
1: of my seat. I was like, I'm gonna get this joke wrong because I can't remember which one dies. <laughs>
0: uh. Starting around book five, Fred just always has the better jokes, mm-hmm. and that just puts him above George for me. And then after that, I would probably go Ron, and then Arthur, and then I guess Percy, and then Aunt Muriel because she's. <laughs> old and crotchety Mm -hmm. and then i don't even know if anybody else counts yeah or oh there's bill i put bill above percy and below ron and arthur so that would be me how about you what is your ranking
1: okay so number one would probably have to be the car (laughs) number two (laughs) is probably the borough (laughs) Mm -hmm. number three is Flor de la cour via marriage and then
0: Uh nice nice (laughs) Four is the
2: clock. <laughs>
1: Four is the clock. No, um, one for me has always got to be Mrs. Weasley. Yeah, Her story great. is very interesting. I think she develops really well. I think the whole thing with Bellatrix Lestrange gets really rad and lets her be a badass. Um, number two, got to be Fred for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then George. I just think those characters are so fun and funny. And I'm always a mm-hmm. fan of comedic relief. Four... Let's do Ginny, because nice. you're right, she does get cool, um, even though she names her kids dumb shit at the end of the last book.
0: I'm putting that on Harry, okay. but also I'm All disappointed right. that Ginny didn't <laughs> put a kibosh to making Albus Severus. I know,
1: it's like, <laughs> get, your kid for, get your kid bullied by Rita Skeeter, why don't you? <laughs> and then let's do Charlie, Arthur, Bill, Ron
0: Percy. Ooh. Sorry. Sorry not a big Ron fan. I'm
1: not a Ron fan, you know? I, I maintain an earlier statement where I'm like, you could have just not been friends with the guy. Like, you are clearly not capable, so just don't be friends with the guy. I
0: think that's what gives me some props for Ron is mm-hmm. that if he really just wanted to, he could have just said, you know what, Harry, fuck you.
1: <sighs> but he stuck it out.
0: <laughs> I'm not dealing with these shenanigans every year. Yeah. So I want to give him credit for that. The problem with with Ron ranking him is that all of the Weasleys, aside from Percy, are so good I know Goddamn. that it makes him look bad by association, but you compare on to almost any other student mm. asides from Hermione, Harry, Neville, Luna, he's better than everyone else. It's just, he is a very normal teenager and has very normal teenager reactions. Mm-hmm. It's just the problem is that when you compare this to the Weasleys, who are incredible, who, he whole. looks bad. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> it's hard. It's apples and oranges, baby. Mm-hmm. But again, number one, the car.
0: Mm, yes, gotta love that. The Ford Astria, <laughs> I think. <laughs> Ooh,
1: the winnings! So after everything goes down and Harry gets the winnings, you did the conversion rate and it was like seven thousand dollars, or was it seventy thousand dollars?
0: So do you do you happen to know what the what the galleons are? I can Google it real. quick.
1: It was a thousand. Oh. It, what was it like a thousand galleons or something?
0: Hey Siri, how <laughs> many galleons did Harry win for winning the Triwizard Tournament?
1: She's gonna be like, I don't know, nerd. What if she just like Google it?
0: <laughs> That's exactly what happened. Uh, it's just a Google thing. <laughs> 1,000 galleons. 1, so I recently did something at LeakyCon where J.K. Rowling a while ago in an interview said that she believed that a galleon should just be five pounds. Okay.
1: So, so five pounds times 1,000 and then turned into...
0: What What year was this?
1: 19. It's
0: like nine early 90s. What year was Triwizard Tournament? <laughs> 1994.
1: Okay. Year I was born.
0: Nice. Okay, so pounds to... USD in 1994. <laughs> We're getting inflation into this, baby. Yeah,
1: I would really love an accurate figure.
0: <laughs> oh, no. I tried Googling pounds of USD in 1994, and it just told me what 1994 US dollars is in Oh, pounds. nice. That is not... Okay, here we go. Pound Sterling Live. This is a website. Okay. In 1994... Oh, it it varied, but... <laughs> the average mm-hmm. in oh we can even get down to the month
1: god yes
0: <laughs> so let's say the it was at the end of the year let's say that's july
1: okay or june school year yeah yeah school year june
0: june okay so it was 1.52 in june of 1994 okay so if we've got 5 pounds times 1.52 okay that is 7.6 Dollars. Okay. So it's seven thousand six hundred dollars.
1: Okay. Not enough to risk your life. Sorry. Gonna say I was going to
0: say that's not nearly enough money. It's
1: like oh, you could win about seven thousand five hundred dollars, or you could <laughs> die. What's what's it going to be?
0: You could win half of a Ford Fiesta, <laughs> or you could die. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I mean, when you put it that way, is it like, <laughs> is it the front half or the back half or the top half? Like, what half are we talking here? You
0: split it down the middle okay. and it's a Ford Fiesta motorcycle. Left and right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I Googled Ford Fiesta price and it is exactly $14,250. <laughs>
1: are you a wizard? <laughs> yes.
0: Give me my letter, Hagrid. <laughs>
1: God. Oh, what if you got what if you got a Hogwarts letter like it was super late in the mail cuz you kept moving. So you got it as like how old are you now 27? Yes. And then it's like those people who go back to school when they're in their 50s. <laughs>
0: Look, I'll take it. I also wouldn't be surprised if right now I get a, a letter through the window from Boy. Bob Barker saying you got to be on the prices right you kid. Got it, baby. You're a prodigy. Yeah.
1: Anytime someone correctly guesses a number, Bob Barker's senses just go off, and he like he gets alerted like Batman, and he's like someone. Is out there.
0: (laughs) They know how much things cost.
1: Who boy? Anyway, if I was thirteen and I had that much money, which arguably seven thousand five hundred dollars is a lot for a kid. Yes, I would have bought the dumbest shit. I would have gone on a full like Toys R Us, that old um, game show where kids got to like run around the aisles and like you basically just stuck your arm out and like used it to just wipe everything off Mm -hmm, of the shelf mm -hmm. into your car. I would have done something like that. And instead, he's like. Here, Fred and George, invest in your dream.
0: What a wise... (laughs) What a wise child.
1: Like, way, way to go, man. Way to
0: go. <laughs> it makes me think Harry gets the winnings if he didn't give it to that. Someone asked him, oh, what are you going to do with the money? I'm going to open up a Roth IRA account.
1: Every mm, kid's dream. <laughs> I'm
0: going to put in my max annual contribution. <laughs> oh,
1: yes, please. I hope my employer matches this. <laughs> my last point. My last point. Okay. Does this school have a therapist?
0: They don't. They certainly they don't. They certainly do as not. As we learn in the fifth book, when Cho Chang is going through PTSD because her boyfriend died. Right, right. Right. and no one cares Norma. and Harry just says oh Cho sure does cry a lot <laughs> <laughs> girls am I right?
1: and you're like listen my guy the
0: fact that Hogwarts doesn't have any sort of guidance counselor or yeah. therapist is wild absolutely
1: wild especially in a year like this you'd think the staff would kind of look around and be like All right, so some things have been happening. Totally. I think think maybe we should take some steps to care for our student body.
0: Even if they just assigned an individual therapist for the trio, because think of just what those three kids have gone through in four years. They have defeated Voldemort in a series of tasks and Harry burning a man alive. (laughs) Then they defeated the corporal version of a part of Voldemort's soul from a diary. Also, Ginny got possessed by the devil. And then in the third book, someone who's convicted of 13 murders mm-hmm. wanted to find them and almost shanked Ron in his bed. And now Harry almost died multiple times. And Cedric, one of his good friends, did die.
1: Right, so just some light emotional trauma that I think should be <laughs> addressed. But, you know, whatever. Whatever. It's a, It was a different time.
0: You know, it's really important that you know how to turn a button into a bullfrog or a tissue box into a mouse, but dealing with your emotions, no.
1: Or, you know, Lumos.
0: <laughs> because candles don't exist. Nope,
1: not at all. Oh, and that we talked about doing a talk back in this episode. At the very end of the episode, I'm like, we talked about having everyone back to talk about the episodes. Whoa! So, full circle, we are doing wow. that, um, which is kind We've of crazy. It.
0: That is so fun. That's so good. I'm glad we brought it up way back when. Yeah, it is really fun to look back at some of the things, even just with talking with the guests to see different things. But even I've listened to some of the Epson prep and just to see things and and hear it out and be like, oh, I used to think this. That's fun.
1: Yeah, you're like, oh, how the tables have turned. (laughs)
0: Uh, well, Sydney, thank you so much for joining on for this look back and for taking the time way back when to talk about the end of, of book four. Of course,
1: Mike. Thanks for having me. Of
0: course. I'm glad that you and the whole team at Jiffy Lube was able to relive this wonderful wizarding experience.
1: Oh, while well, getting my oil changed. Every 5,000 miles, guys. Gotta
0: do it. Today's <laughs> episode is brought to you by Jiffy, Jiffy Lube. Lube.
1: <laughs> I wish. It uh, would have meant I didn't have to pay $90 to get my oil changed.
0: Oh, uh, <laughs> gross. Anyway, that's uh, just me. (laughs) Anyway, that's life. Well, thanks so much for joining.
1: Oh, bye, Mike.
0: Bye. So now we move on to episodes 24 and 25 of Potterless, which covered Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, chapters one through eight. My guest was Eric Hamilton Schneider, one of my good, beloved multitudes. Eric, how's it going? It's going...
3: Very, very well. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing very well. Are you excited to talk about the most boring part of potentially the whole series? Oh,
3: yeah. Do you Harry Potter or Potterless? Oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I would like to say Harry Potter because I would hope that our discussion about these boring chapters was still entertaining.
3: I mean, I listen back and they're, they're good, but it's... It's definitely rough. It's definitely rough. I'm just happy that so we'll jump right into it. I haven't been referred to as Mike Babiglia yet. Very good.
0: Oh, no one, not even a single person. Oh no, I just mean you haven't currently on this no. on this active recording. No, because I know you don't like it. <laughs> you don't like it, so I don't do it. As we've interacted more with multitude, I hear it less and less. That's so good.
3: now you've kind of pushed him out of my brain. That's excellent to hear. <laughs> These episodes are really are really just something else. Well,
0: yeah, listening back, what'd you find? What'd you find in there? The
3: first thing is is something that ties into the Hufflepuff Bonus episode. Oh, which was
2: very good. In
3: terms of Spin off things I want from Harry Potter in the episode that we're covering right now, we talked about the, like, back alley dealings of the Wizarding World with like the culture uh, like the Mundungus Fletchers yeah, of falling the world. off. and in and in the live episode, we talked about the the weird Catholic conspiracy that might exist in Harry Potter. yeah. Yep. And now I just mm-hmm. want, like Disney plus style Marvel Star Wars shows all about, like, very very different things happening in Harry Potter like I don't want main characters at all I want a show about Modungus and his people Mm -hmm. I want a show about the headless horseman friar whatever his name is the fat friar
0: you've combined him and nearly headless Nick
3: and I want like why he was trying to like become a high up in the Catholic Church I want like all of these things like spread around and and new Harry Potter content It isn't about like a guy that wrote a bunch of textbooks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I want the spinoff about the unspeakables in the Ministry of Magic. I want a spinoff about McGonagall's early life. Yeah. I want the year at Hogwarts while Harry, Ron, and Hermione weren't there. Ooh, yeah. There's so many good things. I would love it. The problem is that you've related this to Disney and Marvel and they like to make a lot of stuff and be cool with the licensing stuff out. Warner Brothers... Inherently not cool, right? And not chill with people using stuff.
3: I would argue that Disney is not cool either. I'm not
0: arguing that <laughs> Disney is cool,
3: but I, I, saying... I see. I see what your point. Your point. Your point is that like the likelihood of Warner Brothers trying to create an extended universe and and let a lot of hands touch the Harry Potter Golden Pot is less likely.
0: But they did just buy the rights to Curse Child, which so far all that's done is changed the logo. Oh.
3: That's a weird thing to just do in general. Like, new logo for the play. Well, yeah, they
0: like changed a bunch of the branding and stuff, but I think the thought is that eventually they might turn it into a movie, but more if they just want to make everything kind of look and feel like it's part of the same thing. But if they're really trying to own all of the Harry Potter stuff, maybe this will open the door for a
3: cinematic universe. We'll have to see. That would be interesting. So,
0: aside from that, what else do we got? We
3: have (laughs) what I think is one of the biggest things that you got wrong in the entire series. (gasps) Which is... Which is when Petunia yells at Harry about Lily spending all that time with that boy. I think it's that boy. It might Mm. be the boy or something like that. Right. right. And you were very sure that it was James. Oh, of course. And obviously, it is Snape. Yeah. And I was on, later on in in Potterless, like a chapter or two before the Snape reveal. (laughs) And I was like, I don't want to ask to be on a pivotal chapter, especially since I think Snape sucks and you were looking for people that... Like Snape generally, but it would have I would have loved it as a perfect bookend. But but yeah, it was amazing because you started talking about it, and I already had it in my notes to be like, okay, I gotta find a way to lead him to talk about this moment that I not be like, this how about this thing right here that's not super important? I think you also had a theory about like uh James. Dating
0: Petunia. Yes, because it was the weird... That was the whole thing was I thought that Petunia hated James. Yeah. And it seemed like there was something else there.
3: Yeah. There's also a bunch of references to Voldemort building an army at this point. Right. Which is exciting because this is the point where like only a handful of people know that Voldemort's back. Obviously, he makes his big reveal and fights Dumbledore at the end of this book. Right, right, right. I don't think we ever know like who he did recruit. Like as far as we know... Isn't it just a bunch of wizards and, like, a few... There's a few evil creatures. Obviously, there's some Dementors. What else is in Voldemort? He gets the
0: giants
3: on right, his giants. side? Right, giants. That's what I thought.
0: I couldn't remember. And then also, by having a ring with the gaunt stone in it he technically is in charge of the inferi Ooh. the zombies that were in the water in the cave right yes though he didn't really use them to their fullest extent I don't know if they have to stay in water but I feel like Voldemort could have done a little bit more with a giant zombie army of the undead
3: yeah I was just thinking like in the book or the movie never really feel like this is a Army attacking Hogwarts.
0: Yeah. In the movies, they do a little bit of it in the eighth movie, which, as a whole, garbage sauce. But they do a little bit of it in the eighth movie where there is way too many Death Eaters outside than there should be in the books. In the books, I always got the vibe that it's between 50 and 100. And I think they might even say a number that puts it in that ballpark. But in the eighth movie, there are multiple hundreds of Death Eaters attacking the protective spells and charms that Molly and the heads of house have put up. But yeah... I don't know. One thing that I do know from this episode that, of course, I would have clearly missed, this would have spanned when they find the locket, but I completely didn't care about this, because it's
3: just, oh, it's a cleaning
0: chapter. Why do I give a shit?
3: Yeah, there's just kind of like a bunch of real snooze chapters. Like, so little happens. Like, he's hanging out, Dudley gets attacked. Okay, there's a bit of something. He's mad at everybody and then they they cleaned. And that's it. But
0: the cleaning is important. You just don't exactly, know it yet. Exactly.
3: There's a big tree on a wall that explains something. The family
0: tree. Ooh. Ooh, again, that, so that again would hint at the Regulus Black thing. So there are a bunch of little clues and hidden doodads in these early chapters, which is funny looking back because at the time I thought these chapters are worthless. I'm so sorry for giving these to you, Eric Schneider. But then actually they are important just if you know what happens later.
3: I still like Order the phoenix i still think it's a quality read and it just has the slowest it has good rereading value sure sure but the first time through that first chunk is just not too much happens at all
0: order of the phoenix is the wine of the series where when you first drink wine whether it's your first time ever drinking wine or even the first sip of wine your initial thought is this is bad and then you keep drinking and then This is good. I would agree. So I think that's Order of the Phoenix. I have to give credit to Order of the Phoenix because I do think that the pacing isn't ideal. I do think that it was too long. I do think there's a bunch of stuff that doesn't matter. But the ending of this book is so
3: good that it kind of makes up for all of that. I agree. I think that the battle at the end is one of the oh, best-ridden so battles of the entire series.
0: There's some other fun bits in these episodes. First, there was the much-anticipated reveal of Tonks. Yes, This is yes. the first time you get to meet Tonks, which was really cool, when she comes with all of the Order of the Phoenix people to get Harry out of there so they can go to Grimald Place. But the other thing that this arrival does that makes me really happy is that this is the second mention of the Put Outer, where they call it the Put Outer, capital P, capital O, Put Outer.
3: Yes, it is. I I didn't want to bring it up again because I feel like it's
0: been mentioned to death. Hey, it's been a minute. It's been a while since I've talked about it, so I've earned this. And we're talking about the episodes. This is one of the biggest points of my argument, is that they call it the Put Outer here. And they also, at one point later in one of the chapters we talk about, they call it the unlighter with a lowercase u. So that also invalidates the whole, oh, the put outer is just describing it, which, first off, no one would ever describe something like that. Right. But again, this chapter is what really makes me confident in that JK had this thing in her brain called the put outer. And then in book seven, when she realized it's important, she thought, shit this is a horrible name. I'm going to have to rename this thing and just call the Deluminator and hope no one notices. Well, guess what, JK? I noticed.
3: We also talk about how it's like, there seems to like not be like a brand name to it. So like it's confusing because it's like, why does it seems like such a magical item? Like obviously it does a magical thing, but like it's no one else has one. Like it's so weird that like Dumbledore is the one guy with this, what you would think is a, pretty simple tool.
0: Right. And that is a theory which goes to the whole naming thing and it being confusing is that one prevailing theory is that there is only one and it's Dumbledore making it. And the Put Outer was a prototype version. For example, when you make a movie or something, you always have that running title name for it that isn't actually what it ends up being called. So maybe Put Outer was the work in progress code name. And then when he finally finished the final version, he renamed it to Dueluminator and just decided. I still think it's weird that he didn't explain that in the will. But Who's to say?
3: Maybe I mean he finally got that trademark. Yeah, he and finally he was like, okay, now I've got to name it really well. So like, let's go with something better than put outer. He's like, deluminator. That's what happened. Obviously, that, yes, that, that is canon.
0: The other interesting thing about the device is why do you need a device to do this when it seems like this could be a spell. That was what was always confusing.
3: Yeah. I don't understand a lot of it. Maybe it's, like, easier to do. Like, maybe it's already an enchanted object. So, like, now you don't have to, like, cast it. Like, you could do it with, like, it'd be much more subtle and, like, more espionage spy situations, which they don't do with it a single time. But, like, maybe, like, instead of, like, having to whip out a wand, you can just be like, this already has the spell. Attached.
0: Yeah, I guess it makes sense because in the seventh, they use it for very specific things where Ron uses the light to follow it and blah, 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 and get back with them. And he hears Harry and Hermione talking about him through it, et cetera, et cetera. But it doesn't make sense of why they used it in books one and five in the way that they did, because all they did was to remove lights from stuff. And why can't you just use Nox, which is a spell that turns off lights? I don't know. It just seems unnecessary. But I think we've exhausted Put Out our Talk for one episode. I I think I will get murdered if I continue to talk about it. The other problem, and this was noted throughout these episodes that we made, is that it's Harry at his absolute angstiest and grumpiest which mm-hmm. looking back at the time I didn't realize this and people have brought it up to me to it makes sense that he's basically going through PTSD at this point point. one of his close friends just died he's going through a lot
3: yeah I think we talk a little bit about how like this is like right after Cedric and like there is a lot weighing on him no fault of his own but like he's handling it in a way that is presented to us as a very whiny, bratty child when obviously it is very serious trauma. Yeah,
0: and I don't... I don't fault Harry for feeling the way that he does. I think he is justified to feel these emotions and be this angry and stuff. But regardless, it does not make it enjoyable to read when your narrator is just so, so grumpy. And I've said this before, but if I wasn't doing Potterless, if I was just reading these books, I might have given up on book five. Oof, it's a rough one. Like, I don't know if I would have given up on the series, but I probably would have done the thing where I just skip a couple chapters ahead and see if it gets a little bit better. I might have done that.
3: Put Stephen Fry to like three acts on Audible. Ooh, that would be really fun. Or should I I say Audible? Should I say audiobook? Or does that matter?
0: They don't sponsor Potteros anymore, so fuck (laughs) them. They were my first sponsor. I will be forever grateful, but sponsor me again, cowards. (laughs) Come on back. Shout out to whoever is actually sponsoring this episode.
3: Guardia Adridosa.
0: <laughs> Thank you to those sponsors. Uh, but Eric, thanks so much for joining on. Thanks for joining on way back when, even though these chapters were so, so boring. I'm very glad that I was able to bring you back for more exciting chapters later on when we had you on for book seven, and then the Hufflepuff episode, which that was just
3: so much fun, man. You absolutely killed it. It was a great, great time for sure. And it's it's exciting to see, like, how much all the shows have grown. I think I mentioned, like, during the episode, Spirits was about to hit, like, 1 million downloads. Yes, you did. And, like, uh-huh. Potterless has done so well since then. Spirits has done so well since then. Like, mm-hmm. the growth that we have all had. Like, you're recording in the studio. I'm recording with a much better microphone. Like, right. <laughs> every, it's exciting to see, like, the growth both of the podcast and just, like... Everything that's happened around us as well.
0: It's really fun. And and it's been fun doing it with you and Amanda because while we were doing these, you were just, oh, these are my YouTube friends that also now make podcasts.
3: Multitude was a glimmer in our
0: eyes. Yeah. And then even I think by the time we were recording, Multitude was forming. But now, just like two plus years since recording it, it's just so different where we are now versus then. And it's it's almost strange to look back at these ones with episodes like you and Julia and Amanda and look back and think, oh, yeah, this was when I didn't know them as well. And now it's like we talk every day. Yeah. <laughs> so it's strange to to look back at a time where we didn't know each other as well. But I agree. I love how much all of the shows have grown individually, how multitude has grown as a thing as I stare at our neon sign out the window and just how we've grown as people and our friendship has grown, too. It makes me really happy. It's been Very good. They're very good. Yeah, man. Well, thanks again, and uh, I'll be seeing you soon. All right, I'll see you in Boston in less than a month. Yeah, see you then. Cool beans. Later. Bye. All right. Thanks, 37, Thirty-seven, thirty-eight. Hey, it's editing Mike as promised. Here to do when God you Today's episode of List is brought to you by Shaker and Spoon. Let's say hypothetically that you are a Hogwarts student and you're looking to throw some sort of party, but you can't go all the way to Hogsmeade. You want to still have it in the dorms, but you don't want to leave. You want to host this party at home. What's a way that you could do this? You could use Shaker and Spoon. Shaker and Spoon is a delivery service that sends you all of the ingredients and instructions to make various fancy cocktails. All you need to do is provide the booze, they provide everything else, and they provide you with enough to make four servings of three different drinks that all use the same liquor. I've done a bunch of boxes with Shaker and Spoon, they've all been fantastic. I've done it with whiskey, I've done it with tequila, I've done it with rum. Really good stuff, affordable stuff, and especially affordable if you go to shakerandspoon.com wizardon because you'll get $20 off your first box. These boxes usually go between 40 and $50. So that's about half price. That's a lot of savings. So go to shakerandspoon.com wizardon and you can make some fancy drinks for your friends and everyone will think you are a very impressive human being today. And now you'll hear words from a few sponsors who make it feasible for me to be a full-time podcaster. Some of these ads will be read by me. Others of them won't. The ones that aren't are inserted locally. So if you live internationally, don't be surprised if you hear an ad in your country's native language. And once those ads are complete, we'll get back to this episode of Potterless Right there. Wow. Anyways, that's arenaclub. T- wow! Slash potterless for ten percent off T-N-O. your first wow. purchase. That's a, so a wild deal. Ten percent off a forty dollars pack in a more right transparent Anyways, way. That's arenaclub. Dot right for ten all your sorts of nerds like purchase. me, you can use Arena Club today.
3: Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to
0: solve her sister's death
4: Brandon says, tell Mike you better be funny this time. So, okay. you know, I know that's hard for you. I've but never
0: been funny before, so I'll yeah, be funny this time. This would time. be great if you
4: did that for the first time with yeah, me. Yeah, I, I should try.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know? Podcast is big enough now, I should start being funny. <laughs> 93 episodes in. Let's let's, Let's do it. Let's try being funny. Let's
4: bring the humor.
0: Okay, so now we move on to episodes 26 and 27 of Potterless, which covered Order of the Phoenix chapters 9 through 14. And I was joined by someone who I met at a very fun pool party, and she willingly joined the Potterless guest list, much to my surprise, Lauren Shippen. Lauren, how's it going?
4: (laughs) It's going so good. Thanks so much for having me back for the the third time now.
0: Yeah, you've been on the show twice, and now you're here for a look back for that first appearance where we talked about... The Grumpy Book.
4: The most emo book to have ever occurred. Mm -hmm. But for a lifelong...
0: Panic of the Disco Fan. You know, that's right in your wheelhouse. Absolutely.
4: Yeah. And and as we talked about on those episodes, I feel much better about the fifth book now as an adult, as a, you know, person who's been 15 and has that 2020 retrospective view on it versus mm-hmm. being a 13-year-old reading this book and being like, "Oh Harry, why can't you just get it together?
0: <laughs> it's very funny that you have to be a very specific age to side with Harry in this book. Yeah. Pre-13 and post-16, everyone's just, oh Harry, get over yourself. But 13 to 16, Everyone just has to be thinking, yeah, Harry, you deserve to be giving everyone some shit. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I think while I was reading the fifth book, it was my least favorite. But looking back, it's in my top half. I think it might be my third or fourth favorite.
4: I'm completely with you. Yeah, I think think my top three are... 765.
0: Yeah, I think I would be 6735, would probably be how I would go.
4: Yeah, three is really great. I think it's funny because we talked about this a little bit too. I was like, we're listening to episodes 26 and 27, and mm-hmm. I weirdly, I think, have soured on serious a little bit as I've gotten older.
0: <gasps> oh, Brandon and I have converted you. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that I'm anti serious, I think I'm more of why does Lupin not get more love than Sirius? Because Lupin is objectively better.
4: Completely. Yeah, I think that there are a couple of characters, especially sort of the male figureheads, that she takes you on a journey with intentionally. And then, you know, when you're 17 and you're reading these books, things seem a little bit more black and white. Like, Sirius is the hot, cool one, and Dumbledore is your old grandpa, and Snape is evil. Sirius,
0: <laughs> the hot, cool one, Gary Oldman.
4: <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, my God, don't even get me started. <laughs> um, And, you know, and then, like, the whole complicated thing with Snape and initially sort of being like, oh, well, Snape is so great. And then realizing, no, Snape actually still sucks. Mm -hmm. And then realizing that Dumbledore kind of sucks. And then now, I would say that my two favorite adult men in the series, excluding Hagrid, who's, like, always good and always strong. Right, right. I think the two that have grown on me the most are Lupin and Arthur Weasley. Like, I liked them when I initially read the books, but now, as an adult, I just think… Those are the real, those are the real MVPs, you know? I agree.
0: I get the appeal of Sirius, and I know that he had a really hard, rough go of it, but... Totally. I even think Hagrid, Hagrid has been there the whole time. Yeah. He was a bit benefited by not dying. <laughs> True. <laughs> but, so, because I I think the other problem with Sirius is that he seemed to be on the right track, and then things got cut a little bit short, so it could be a little lost potential kind of thing. Yeah. He could be the uh, the Penny Hardaway of the Harry Potter series, which I know since you're an avid basketball fan. I
4: was about to say, is so you, that it? You already
0: know this, but for the listeners, his promising course, career was yeah. cut short by injuries, so, you know. But you, you of course, you already knew this.
4: Yeah, no, I, I'm totally up you're on, on that. You're wearing a Penny Hardaway
0: I, jersey as we record.
4: Of course, always, every day. <laughs> I genuinely thought that, that was a children's book character. <laughs> Penny Hardaway sounds like a Victorian girls detective. <laughs> Penny Hardaway and the... (laughs) Penny Hardaway and the the mysterious clock. And the torn (laughs) meniscus. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man.
0: So listening back to these episodes, was there anything funny that stood out to you or things that were interesting to look back upon?
4: Yes, I have two questions for you. Oh, good. The first is because you made the prediction that Neville and uh, Luna were going to get married.
0: Which doesn't happen in the books, but does happen in the movies, or at least they become a thing in the movies. Do they? Somewhat. Neville in the eighth movie runs up to someone from the squad, I think Harry, and says that he is running to find Luna to say that he loves her. He says something like, I'm mad for her. I got to let her know. Something of that effect.
4: Wait, really? Yes. I totally forgot about that. Uh
0: huh. Because I was watching this in the eighth movie. Not good. But that was (laughs) one thing where I got very excited because that's something I had cheered for. I am sad that they didn't get together, though I understand the Dean-Luna somewhat ending up together thing.
4: Yeah, they went through all of that stuff in the in the Malfoy basement. I get it.
0: Right. Do they ever say who Neville ends up with? I feel like I've heard it.
4: Yeah, he does end up, he's like single at the time of the epilogue, I think, but I want to say that, that J.K. Rowling, sort of extra canonically as she often does, mentioned, I, not Hannah Abbott, was it?
0: Hey Siri, who does <laughs> Neville Longbottom marry? No, man. It's just pulling up a Google thing. It's not just pulling up the answer.
4: (laughs) That was so exciting for a second. It is Hannah Abbott. Oh, okay. Wow. I can't believe I knew that. I don't
0: know if it's canonically or... Which
4: just feels a little bit like, oh, yeah, this is another woman's name that was mentioned in the books.
0: A hundred percent. It's like if someone got married to Marietta. (laughs) She was there.
4: Yeah, exactly.
0: It'd be like if Luna got married to Justin Finch Fletchley. Exactly. Okay, yes, he was there.
4: Well, here's the thing. Luna and Neville should have gotten married and had weird plans together. Oh. And then Dean and Seamus should have gotten married. Yo. That's the play.
0: I feel like I've heard something about that being a thing, whether it was the actors wanted it. It's
4: the actor who plays Seamus, I think, has like talked on yes. Twitter about shipping Dean and Seamus. I think that he
0: ships it together. I Googled Dean and Seamus, and the first thing that came up was from Shipping Wiki, which is Demus.
4: <laughs> Demus. Oh, boy. <laughs>
0: which I guess is better than Sheen. That's
4: true. <laughs> There's that gift that gets passed around all the time that I feel like the actor has shared of the two of them at the Yule Ball mm-hmm. dancing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it ended up in the movie. Like It's the two of them just like slow dancing or something. Yeah. You know, they were pals and they were kind of always goofing off together. And, and Luna should have been with Neville. 100%. Luna should have gone. 100%. Yeah. Or I, I with each passing year, ship, Harry and Luna a little bit
0: Ooh, I would if Ginny Harry wasn't so perfect.
4: Yes, well, so that was my second question, Uh uh, was we talked about the the sort of Ginny Harry of it all, and you were like, I cannot wait until Harry has this conversation with Ron about liking (laughs) his sister. And I want to know if that lived up to expectations. No, it
0: was really underwhelming.
4: Yeah, yeah.
0: Because I'm trying to remember exactly how it breaks down, but you don't get the angry... Older brother or awkward best friend conversation from it.
4: Yeah, it's that. It's that they kiss at like a post Quidditch party yeah, or something. They do.
0: I think Ron is confused at first, but then he very quickly accepts it. Yeah, which I think is nice. But I just wanted there to be a more "That's me sister" kind of thing.
4: Yeah, totally.
0: But alas, well, here we are.
4: <laughs> he does get. He does get like kind of snippy in. Well, I guess it's like the seventh book when he's all Horcruxed up and is mad mm-hmm. about you know, sort of Harry stringing Ginny along. And, like, I feel like they fight about that in the seventh book a little bit, which I think is, is legitimate. Like, and Ron sort of looking after for Ginny and being like, stop fucking doing this to my sister, dude. Like, make a decision either way.
0: I have here one thing we did get into is do owls know how to read? Yes.
4: That's, <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. What? It, that was never answered. I don't <laughs> the whole thing of, of how the owls work. Oh, and we also talked about the fact that wizards don't really have pet dogs. And so Mm-mm. Sirius is, like, really conspicuous because... That seems to be the one type of pet that wizards do not have.
0: Yeah, there is the magical creature. I want to say it's called a Krupp. It's the dog with a forked tail that is a a wizarding version of a dog. Oh, yes. But from what I've read in Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, the textbook, you know, the one that five movies are going to be about, there is a mention that wizards cut off the tail so that it looks like a regular dog. So that's the only hmm. instance of dogs being pets. But it's n- clearly not as big of a thing because it's more about getting owls or toads or cats. I assume.
4: Yeah, I the owls make sense to me. I don't. I've never understood why. It was owl, cat, or toad. I just...
0: I don't get it because the owl... And again, I'm not a pet person, so people are going to be upset by this. But if you're picking your pet... Like when I was playing Harry Potter Hogwarts Mystery, the iPhone game, they asked you to pick a pet before you could just have a million. And I got an owl first because... Owls in the Wizarding World actually do something.
4: Yeah, they're useful. I don't. Why does Neville have a toad?
0: It's very funny that What's Neville it has a toad. To do?
4: I mean, it's perfect. It's, and so it's called Trevor,
0: which I Trevor. initially thought was a bad name, but I've come full one eighty on. That's a perfect name for a bat toad.
4: And we found out in this chapter that it, the the toad was named Trevor because that was new information for you, which surprised me because I thought you found out like much much earlier in the series. I
0: think they say it earlier, and I just missed it.
4: Yeah, that's fair.
0: So. I've come full around on Trevor. Recently, when I was getting stamps to mail Potterless stickers, frogs was an option. And I thought, oh, Trevor! (laughs) And I got frog stamps.
4: That's so good.
0: (laughs) Oh, man. So before we go, there needs to be something because now this is the first time that we've talked about Harry Potter since I finished the books.
2: That's true. We had
0: our very famous debate about who is the best Weasley, Molly or Ginny. Yes. And I have now read the part that you so heavily alluded to without spoiling for me at the Seattle live show. Thank you so much. Which (laughs) is that Molly Weasley calls Bellatrix a bitch. (laughs) in a children's book, and then murders her.
4: It's so good. Uh, it's maybe the best moment in literature ever. It's
0: really good. It's really good. And in this look-back episode earlier, I redid my Weasley rankings with Sydney, and Molly has jumped from kind of low middling tier to I have her second just behind Ginny. Yeah. Her and Ginny are so close. I still think I might give the edge to Ginny just because... She's similar to me, the type of make fun of people kind of thing, but do it lovingly, fun-loving, but also serious who needs to be, etc., etc. But Molly, man, that, oh, that is a really good moment, and I can see why you had a convincing argument put together for everyone else in the crowd at the live show.
4: Yep. I mean, you know, I won the debate, so it's clear who the best Weasley is.
0: Yeah, judged by (laughs) Brandon Grugel, who, you know, (laughs) you may or may not be dating now.
4: (laughs) Big thumbs up from
0: Brandon in the producer booth. (laughs)
4: It was a fair and equal debate.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness.
4: What a time. What a a time. But yeah, no, this was, I think, the the first time that you were you were starting to really notice how great Molly is, and mm-hmm, it, it was mm-hmm. been fun to go on that journey with you. <laughs>
0: yeah, and it's fun to be in here now, where I I know why you were rooting for Molly so hard, and why everyone in the crowd supported you, and I get it. It was so good. Yeah. One of the yes, first things best. I said in the audio, because I recorded myself reading that chapter, Amazing. I said something to the effect of, holy shit, wait, you can do that. Oh, that's why Lauren was... <laughs> 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 Which was very good.
3: Oh, <laughs> That's man. amazing.
0: But these were so much fun. It was so fun doing these episodes. The way that we came to meet, which was I happened to be in New York for an improv thing for a two and a half day weekend. And this was at the time when I was long distance with Kelly. So our time was precious. And I was doing an improv thing. I was busy almost the entire weekend except for one afternoon. And that one afternoon was when you had the pool party. And yeah. Julia texted me, hey, there's this thing. You should go to it. I'll bring you as my guest. And I said, OK. And I had to convince Kelly, who at the time, incredibly incredibly upset about it but in retrospect very
4: valid <laughs>
0: oh of a hundred thousand percent justified to be so but I just had to promise her this is important I promise
4: oh and I, now that I know her I'm so sad that I wasn't like well I didn't I had no context to know that you were you know, right you didn't know who I was so how would you have invited <laughs> yeah. my girlfriend
0: at the time so I am very glad that I was able to go to it meet you meet so many other people have things flourish for Potterless from it and now looking back Kelly who still is like yeah I was really upset because she was well within her rights to be. but I think I did prove to her that it was worth it because you being <laughs> on the pod really helped early on and then I got to meet a lot of other people who were all on right after and that was really fun so Aww, I'm so glad, glad that you welcomed me into your home and into your pool and into your heart <laughs> Always. <laughs> uh, well, thanks again for joining back then. Thanks for joining now to talk about it. And uh, Thanks I'll be, so much
4: for letting me be part of your Harry Potter journey. Of
0: course, of course. And I'm sure we'll be talking soon in some sort of future capacity. You You are a master of musicals, so there are many musical things I can discuss from the From the, or I guess they're only a Very Potter musical. I was going to say Puffs and Cursed Child, but neither of those have songs. Well. (laughs) So that was wrong.
4: That's true. But also Cursed Child, I have a lot of opinions about the music in Cursed Child. Because I got very excited like 10 minutes in when I realized what the music was. Because it's all Imogen Heap.
0: Whoa. Um, Yeah. I forgot that. It's all
4: like, and it's not even original music. It's Most of it's from uh, her album Ellipse.
0: Ah, interesting. So, yeah. All right. I have a lot of
4: opinions on that. Cool. <laughs>
0: we'll have to talk about it then. But Lauren, thanks so much. Absolutely. And I'll be catching you later.
4: Yeah. Thanks for driving me.
0: No problem. All right. Thanks, Brando. Okay, so we round out this look back with episodes 28 and 29 of Potterless, which covered Order of the Phoenix chapters 15 through 19. And I was joined by Wolf 359 and No Bad Ideas and Time Bombs and so many other things, Zach Valenti. Zach, how's it going? So good. Great to be back. It's good to have you back, man. It was fun having you on because what got you on this podcast was us meeting at a pool party at Lauren Shippen's house. Previously discussed <laughs> yeah. on this look back because I'm having Lauren on this one as well. But then I remember just getting like you and eventually the rest of the Wolf Through 59 crew on and it made me really happy.
2: Oh, Well, it was such a turning point sort of moment in just getting to feel like a bigger part of the audio fiction world. Like feeling like there was an audio fiction world meeting you that day. And I don't know, it just has blossomed from there. So it's, it's wonderful to uh, return to the Potterless home hearth. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to have you back in the home hearth. So
0: looking back and, and listening to these episodes, what uh, what kind of stood out to you? What were some of the funnier bits? Any little tidbits?
2: So one, I just, I'm amazed at how like little of a reaction I gave to your incredible sound effects um, <laughs> because that yelling Gryffindor hat uh, <laughs> was pretty amazing. <laughs> just saying <laughs> i feel like it's just one experience to be like on a podcast and a very different one to be listening to a podcast definitely but, oh for sure i don't know if you get this but i also I, I, just for anybody who's under the impression that i would like listening to myself i hate hearing my own voice a little bit <laughs> and uh, that definitely came up um and i can't believe how much time i spent gushing over jim <laughs> Dale. Hey man,
0: everyone has their heroes and you're a voice actor and Jim Dale is a voice actor and he's very good
2: at it. So it makes sense. Well, it was uh, it was a lot of fun to go back in time and just hear our conversation. Um, I'm curious uh, what stood out to you. I don't know. There's a lot. I mean, I think one
0: thing that happened in the first episode we we really just go on about McGonagall just absolutely killing it because mm-hmm. this is like really when she starts just going in on Umbridge. You mean Um bitch. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that was that was a fave. <laughs> I think what's what's just fun about this is, at this point, I already liked McGonagall, but she didn't really have a villain to go against. Uh Really, the the only things we see is McGonagall just being sassy in general or not putting up with Harry's shenanigans, but at the same time being a a strong, stern mother-like figure to Harry. But with the introduction of Umbridge, we get a true foil for her, and she just gets to tear her down again and again and again, And it just makes me so happy.
2: I mean, and somebody's got to do it. And none more (laughs) amazingly prepared to take down really the kind of meanest person in the series. Like, I feel like Umbridge is meaner than Voldemort in, like, daily interaction. I mean, obviously, there's, like, more darkness in, in that other person's heart. But, you know, I just feel like, like, in some ways, like, if you're having to go to the DMV... And one of those people had to be behind the desk. I feel like I'd rather deal with Voldemort. Well, oh, yeah, because
0: you would also kill half the people in line so you could get Oh, my God.
2: <laughs> well, that
0: aside. We touched on this in this episode, and, and I touched on it later in the podcast, is that I think that Umbridge is a more... She's a more relatable villain, so Mm. it almost feels like she's a better one just because Voldemort is so over-the-top evil that you can't relate that to anyone you know in real life, whereas everyone knows an Umbridge. I got more upset at Umbridge in the books than I did at Voldemort because... I wasn't close with Hitler, so I don't have any interactions with him. Whereas I've known many people that have lied or abused power or both or, you know, had selfish interests and acted like they didn't, stuff like that. So I I think that makes sense. In the second episode of these two, one of the more fun moments of the whole Potterless series happens, which is me doing my big 180 on Dobby.
2: Yeah, I I was surprised re-listening to that that you didn't like him to begin with what is to like at first what is to like he's so cute i don't know i mean yeah he's kind of annoying but like i don't know i i I think this is another like jim dale swooned my heart as a child and so i just like you know even though the voice i know you found a little grating i think it's nails on a chalkboard inside of a styrofoam room (laughs) (laughs) Uh, well we will agree to disagree He, he, he won me over i mean obviously like it's hard to not love somebody who is just loving life after being set free. Um, I feel like uh, maybe that had something to do with the turn. Yeah.
0: I mean, what really made the 180 for me is just Dobby's his rehab and treatment of Winky is just so Hmm. incredible and so selfless. And he calms down a little bit from being this, what I think, annoying character into someone that is just... He becomes more like a really excited dog, more more so than someone that's annoying. He is
2: a little bit like Doug from Up. Yeah, some dogs are so cute
0: and they jump all over you and they scratch you and stuff and they lick all on you. And me as a not pet person, sometimes I find this a little bit annoying, especially because I enjoy my clothes and I like my clothes not having stains and slash or holes in them. (laughs) But... If a dog's really cute, you don't mind. Oh, you got mud all over my shorts. It's okay. It'll come out. And I think Dobby in this book fully makes that transition to just being so lovable that you overlook some of the quote unquote more annoying things Mm -hmm. and... It was. I think it was a big turning point in the series, and I always think it's funny that people were mad at me for hating Dobby in the earlier books. But <laughs> this is again like the point of the podcast right. of I didn't know the full Dobby story, and everyone else did. So people jumping on me for not liking
2: Dobby didn't really make any sense because they know he gets good. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> oh man, sort of rose-colored glasses once you've made the transition into 100% to era Dobby. Yes, <laughs> I have in my notes. Harry got a spiky black D from Snape <laughs> uh, <laughs> which yeah. I didn't remember until you highlighted mm-hmm. and I just found that so entertaining it's just one of those
0: phrasing did you not look at this did you not but I mean this is also <laughs> the person who loves to write the word ejaculate a lot
2: oh man so that, to say? that escaped me
0: yeah there's a lot of times where instead of yelling she says that people ejaculate which that's just unnecessary <laughs> 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 That's funny. We also talked about the stairs not letting boys run up them in the girls' dorm being true feminism, right? Which I enjoy, and it reminds me of something. People often send me lots of Tumblr posts and things, fan theory type stuff from Harry Potter. The one that I saw recently that was really solid was it was saying that something about the stairwells in the dorms, and and it's a boy tries to go up the stairs but they stay stairs and then the reveal is that someone, it's someone who was going through a transition and is like, I always knew I was a girl, which is, I I don't know. It's a fun little headcanon I would love to see.
2: It's so good. And also like throws a well-deserved, I don't know if it's a grenade or whatever is necessary at the gender binary that is sort of baked into that culture, which we definitely talked about. Well, yeah,
0: there's a boys dorm and there's a girls dorm. So what happens at current Hogwarts? Right. I would hope that, if 2019 Hogwarts is still out there, that it looks a little bit different. I would imagine. I hope, anyway. Uh, yeah, how could it not? It, it would need to. Otherwise, I mean, well, the school didn't get shut down for a lot of things, so who knows? Maybe they finally got rid of Peeves, too. I don't know. Uh, well, they got rid of him in the movies, so here we are. <laughs> Jeez. Another thing that I had from the first episode that we discussed was this is the point in the books where Ginny starts to get good, right? I don't remember the exact thing. We, I did have it written as Ginny's big moment, at least in the uh, in the episode description. Yeah,
2: I forget exactly the contents, but it was something along the lines of before this, she was just kind of in the background, and it definitely feels like the sort of Dumbledore's army formation mm-hmm. includes... Oh,
0: that! I think that was Ginny's big moment. I think it was her refusing to use Cho Chang's name mm-hmm. for Dumbledore's army being the Defense Alliance
2: or something, whatever <laughs> the original name was. So Ginny steps in and was like, uh, actually, that name sucks. You can feel like J.K. Rowling sort of like pushing the gas on like, this is going to be a fuller character that has a voice and, like, is going to play an important role as the story goes on.
0: Yeah, I really loved it. And Ginny now is in my top five favorite characters, even higher, probably. I'd have to consider the rankings. (laughs) Probably top three, honestly. Her, Hermione McGonagall, in some order, my favorite three characters. Right on. But she is barely anything until this book. And it takes until what we are, about halfway through the book, It takes until then for her to really supplant herself as being awesome. She starts to become wittier. She starts to stand up for herself. And she starts to be less of just, oh, that's Ron's sister. And more of, this is Ginny. And I think it makes sense given her age. I think this is the time she would have been 14 here. So, like, that's when... Uh At least I sort of came into my own and started to develop, like, actually a personality that was unique and not just doing whatever. So I think it's great. I love how abrupt it is. And from this moment on, I just really loved her. Now she's one of my favorite characters. So it's funny that it took me 28 episodes of Potterless to like Ginny Weasley, who now Ah. I love so dearly. But I'm glad it happened. Hey, Good things take time. Just like me enjoying the series. <laughs> good things take time. But Zach, thanks so much for coming on, man. Thanks for being on the show way back when. It was great to meet you at that pool party and like within five minutes of me talking about my <laughs> podcast, you instantly wanting to be on it and expressing that desire, which was really cool. And then now we've worked on so much stuff since and we hopefully, I'll keep everything with tight sealed lips. Fingers crossed. We should crossed, be working on some stuff going forward if we can make some some things happen and that'll be fun.
2: I'm super stoked for the future. And it's just been such a privilege to get to hang out. And I don't know. I'm grateful to Lauren for creating that circumstance and <laughs> great grateful for this show to get to chat about Harry Potter with a bunch of awesome people. Ah, it's always good. It's always good. Well, thanks for being on, Zach. And
0: uh, I'll catch you later. My pleasure. See you soon. Later. All right. Thanks, Brando. And that's all she wrote for the lookbacks for now. It's me editing, Mike. And until next week, when I start dunking on the movies, as they say in the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, before they... Dunk on Movies, Wizard on! Hey, did you know Potterless has a website? Did you know that it's really good? Did you know that it has information about the show as well as other shows that I've guested on? It's fantastic, and it's very good because Kelly, my fiancé, is very good at web design. Go check it out at potterlesspodcast.com. Potteros was created by Mick Schubert? It is hosted by Mick Schubert. It is edited by McShubert. It is produced by Mick Schubert as well as Vicky Garcia, Aaron Johnson, Jesse Horgan, Natalie Kulliber, Sir Lopu, Frank Chioto, Marchismo, Samantha Rose, Juan Sanfilio, Abita Med, Rosemary Daj, Maria Lisa Seekin, Romina Rivadonera, Camille Doc, Russell Dunk, Audra, Eleanor Kerlin, Rossanne Batamana, Nikita Power, Taylor Armstead, Ali Madsen, Amelia Kraus, Sean Montag, Sarah Nink, Ben Silver, Rachel Guthrie, Zachary Polito, Orchid Grower, Vivian the Owl, Takaria Ront, Haley Hastings, Moster, Angelina Withred, Alex Basholta, Brian Williams, Caitlin Sullivan, Grace Wriggles, Raul Paneda, Ingan Stutter, Maury Wynn, Alex Consulver, John Kotker, Noel Basile, Tao, Emily Tyrell, Robin Fernandez, Will Barrington, Liz Bigelow, Mariah Noah, Brandon Pickens, Sarah Enslin, Claire Spencer, Rory Collier, Gloria Gillum, Sarah and Patrick Donovan, Alicat 29 Veronica Bartova, Lada Bartova, Noah, Tracy Toya, Colleen, Jennifer Marklu, Frida J. Svensson, Ivor Peterson, Naomi Guglielmo, Tyler Latshaw, Summer Ethel, Heather Fleischman, Vera Culletham, Carrie D. Bagason, Andrea Crock, Elisa Grieven, Lynn Walker, Cameron Watkins, Justin Montero, Christine Saunders, Jacob Parrish, Toothless Walnut, Maya Gray, Mark Body, Polly Burge, Surgeon Than Gupta, Netta Atabani, Sarah Shecker, Nona VM, Zena Rosnowski, Harlan Haskins, Noelia, Remy Fontaine, Addie, Brian, Jenny Campion, Nikki Harris, Kara Hamilton, Courtney Hemwood, Kine, Amanda Alfred, Sabrina, Alicia McLaren, Kafir Shaltiel, Lindy Plackey, Martha Medueno, Benjamin Desmond, Sky Mart 6, Sarah Shetter, Marta Morrison, Stephanie Magnuson, Justine Wade, Aaron Richter, CJ Ochoco, Eileen Gazesh, Violet Sullivan, Kat Yowell, Lindsay Towning, Fielding Lee, Keegan Curran, Miranda Manning, Gail Ann, Mr. Folk, Heather McMillan, Adam Bryan, Christina Welton, Maya, Zachary Davis, Kieran, Heaven, Christy, Leela Lita-Williams, Wire Warrior, 4976 Floor Sake, Sira Skioris for Georgia Itzel Ime Ayala Alvega Peter Wyckoff Candy Kane Skyla Lily Edel Ryan Professor Threat Kelsey Weizen Ellie Huskovich Choba Alubin Maleo Akinwande Lena Karen Daniel Fulkerson, Lily Lee Elizabeth Christopherson Abby Lee Cafaccio Michael David Yorty, Nice Earmost Potter Did Your Mom Make Them For You Cara Hoyer Tiffany Cottrell Kelly Otilio, Nadia Vansgaard, Andrea Kerry Krumpler Jamie Kingston Camilo Garcia Connie Binkowski Janet Noel Detilly Mary Matisi Imo Sarah Jennifer Went Anastasia Blake Jaden Alman Nedry Os Matt Barger Riley, Lane, Will Husser, Zephyr Lawrence, Artemis Peters, Brett Claussen, Samantha Lenz, Kayla M. Simino, Lauren Wainwright, Aurora Fruhoff, Emma Clark, Hermione Snape, Lior Nachum, Megan Dick, Out of Context 69, Liam McCormick, Malena Brandy, Marco Cepeda, Ella Robertson, Hannah Zeters, Courtney, Victoria McCormick, Marieke Rieger, Ashton Gabrielson, Brittany Gutierrez, Phelan, Julie Walton, The Meadows Family, Jennifer from the Block, steamed nuggets, can't I bother? And yes, I can. Audio assistance from Brandon Google, web design by Kelly Beckman, and the music is by Bettina Campamanas. If you want to find us on social media, you can at facebook.com slash twitter.com slash potterless pod instagram.com slash potterless podcast and reddit.com slash r slash potterless for all information about the show go to potterless podcast.com for merch go to bit.ly slash merch on and for bonus episodes and bonus content go to patreon.com slash potterless if you want to tell someone about the show or leave a review online that helps so much thanks so much for listening and until next time as they say in the wizarding world of harry potter wizard on